the church of Jesus Christ, and the kingdom of our Lord, who is Jesus Christ. So the church is the physical manifestation of Christ's kingdom. The church is the physical manifestation of Christ's kingdom. The church is the active arm. It's the moving part. It's the connecting place. As we've put in our Project 500 card, these three things are part of the kingdom, but they're part of the church of reaching, teaching, entrenching. We're reaching people for the kingdom. We're teaching people about the kingdom. We're entrenching people in the kingdom. The church, when you look at it, is defined as the ecclesia. It is the called out ones. It's the body of believers. You can see the church. You can see the operation of the church. The kingdom, however, is the spiritual realm. It's the reign. It's the rule of our king. And Jesus tells us to pray, thy kingdom come. Jesus tells us to seek first the kingdom of God. Because the kingdom is not something physical. The kingdom is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. The church is his body. It's his. It's his. Everybody say it's his. It's his, and it's a body. Everybody say it's a body. And it has members. Everybody say it has members. So the church is his. The church is a body. The church has members. The kingdom, when you look at the kingdom, the kingdom is his rule and his rules. The kingdom is his realm, and the kingdom is his reign. The church is the physical manifestation of the Lord. It's his body. The church is the physical manifestation of the Lord. It's his body. The kingdom is the spiritual authority of the Lord. You can see the church. You can see the effect of the kingdom, but you can't see the kingdom. Are y'all with me? Jesus established the church. He's the one that introduced church to the world. He's the one that established the thought of church. But when he came, he came preaching the kingdom. In Mark chapter 1 verse 14, now, after that John was put in prison, Jesus came into Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God and saying, The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent ye and believe the gospel. In Luke chapter 4, verse 14, we see that Jesus, both of these accounts parallel each other. But in Luke chapter 4, Jesus had come out of the wilderness where he'd been fasting for 40 days, 40 nights. In verse, verse 14, he returned in the power of the Spirit into Galilee, and there went out a fame of him throughout all the region round about. And he taught in their synagogues, being glorified of all. And he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day, and he stood up for to read. And there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah, or Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and the recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. 
He closed the book. He gave it to, to the minister, and he sat down. And the eyes of all them that were in the synagogue were fastened on him. And he began to say unto them, This day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. You see, this was the prophet Isaiah who had prophesied of the coming of the Messiah, the kingdom of the Messiah. And here's what the kingdom looked like. He's going to preach the gospel to the poor. He's going to heal the brokenhearted. He's going to preach deliverance to the captives. He's going to give sight to the blind. He's going to set at liberty them that are bruised. He's going to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And so he looked at the church that day, and he said, here's the kingdom. Here's the fulfillment. It's right here in Luke, 42, or Luke 4, 42. Later on in that same chapter, when it was day, he departed. And he went into a desert place, and the people sought him. They came to him, they stayed him, that he should not depart from them. And he said unto them, I must preach the kingdom of God to other cities also. Therefore am I sent. So Jesus came and introduced and established the church. But when he came, he came preaching the kingdom. So I want us to understand, God's put this in my heart. He said, I'm going to build my church, but my message is the kingdom. There's three things about the kingdom in the teaching of Jesus that are real simple. There's multiple things, and we're going to flesh those out in the next couple of weeks. But kingdom, there's three things I want you to see tonight. And number one, or in this first part, the kingdom. Pray it, seek it, live it. Say that with me. Pray it. Seek it, live it. Let's say it again. Pray it, seek it, live it. Poke your neighbor and say, are you paying attention? He said, pray it, seek it, live it. Pray it, seek it, live it. Are y'all with me? In Matthew chapter 6, verse 9, Jesus is teaching. And after this manner, he said, therefore pray ye, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. He said, this is how you pray. Give honor to the Lord. Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. The very first petition is thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Thy kingdom come. Everybody say that. Thy kingdom come. He's talking about the divine spiritual kingdom. He's talking about the glorious reign of the Messiah. He's talking about the rule, the realm, the reign, the dominion, the exercise of kingly power. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. This is the desire of the king. This is his righteousness coming into being. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. In other words, pray this, that God's reign, his rule, his realm, and his desire be the same here in our life as it is in heaven. That's something we still need to be praying for because we're quite a ways off. There is no confusion in heaven. 
There is no sickness in heaven. There is no bondage in heaven. There is no drug addiction in heaven. There is no heartbreak in heaven. There are no divorces taking place in heaven. There is no broken homes and broken hearts in heaven. And honey, if there ever was time, we prayed, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. It's right now. David's song in Psalm 103, verse 19, David said, The Lord hath prepared his throne in the heavens, and his kingdom ruleth over all. Bless the Lord, ye his angels, that excel in strength, that do his commandments, hearkening unto the voice of his word. Bless ye the Lord, all ye his hosts, ye ministers of his that do his pleasure. Bless the Lord, all his works and all places of his dominion. Bless the Lord, O my soul. I want his kingdom to come. How about you? I want his kingdom to come in my life, in my home, in my marriage, in my children. I want his kingdom to come when I'm in my car, when I'm driving down the road, when I'm in Walmart. I want his kingdom to come when I'm behind the pulpit right here where I am tonight and preaching to the best group of people on the face of this earth. God, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done. We've had enough of hellish junk in our life. We need the kingdom of God. We need the kingdom but let's go on a little bit further because the Lord's prayer is a prayer of kingdom authority look at it we don't just repeat the the phrase thy kingdom come thy will be done his prayer is a prayer the whole prayer is a prayer of kingdom authority Look at it close. Verse 9, he said, After this manner, therefore, pray you. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. We pray, verse 10, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. That's the petition. Are y'all with me? The petition for the kingdom is given there in verse 10. But in verse 13, we declare the kingdom over our life. Notice this. He said, pray this. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. That's the King James Version that translated that. But there's other translations that can make it a little bit more clear. And we'll read one of them. It says, And mayest thou not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil, because thine is the reign and the power and the glory to the ages. In other words, I can look to you, King of kings and Lord of lords, and say, if your kingdom is coming in my life, then hell has nothing to say about it. Come on, I wish y'all were with me right now. I can look to you, King of kings and Lord of lords, and if I prayed your kingdom come, your will be done, it doesn't matter what the enemy tries to bring into my life to sabotage it. I believe your kingdom has come. I belong to the king. Say it. 
I belong to the king. Say it again. I belong to the king. And when Jesus tells us to pray, lead us not into temptation, deliver us from evil, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever, he's saying you belong to the king and the evil one has no say over your life. I, I, I believe somebody in this room tonight needs to start saying, I declare kingdom rule in my situation. In my home. Somebody needs to go home tonight. I feel it in the Holy Ghost. Somebody needs to go home tonight, and as you walk in the door, you need to say, I declare kingdom rule in my home. My husband is going to get right with God. My children are going to walk with God. My home is going to be a sanctuary for the presence of God. I know it's not Sunday night. It's Bible study night. But I declare kingdom rule over my life and over my situation. I declare kingdom rule over my life and over my situation. Second Chronicles 29 and 10, David was praying and he turned his thoughts toward the Lord. He said, wherefore David blessed the Lord before all the congregation. And David, blessed, David said, blessed be thou, Lord God of Israel, our Father forever and ever. Thine, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty. Do you know who we're talking to? Thine, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty. Sounds like he ran out of adjectives. Sounds like he ran out of descriptions. I believe if he was praying right now, he'd still be going. He'd be adding other things to it. For all that is in heaven and in the earth is thine. Thine is the kingdom, O Lord. And thou art exalted as head above all. And then he goes on to say, Both riches and honor come of thee, and thou reignest over all. And in thine hand is power and might, and in thine hand is to make great and to give strength unto all. Now therefore, our God, we thank thee and praise thy glorious name. David also said in Psalm twenty-two twenty-eight, For the kingdom is the Lord's, and he is the governor among the nations. The kingdom. Somebody say the kingdom. Poke your neighbor and say, are you awake yet? Three things about the kingdom. Pray it. Everybody say, I'll pray it. Pray it. Second thing is seek it. Seek it. Jesus said in Matthew 6, 33, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. You know what the word seek means? The first thought that would come to your mind probably is to look for, to search. That's the basic definition, but when you look at it in the setting of Scripture, when he said seek, he said not just to search for, he says desire. Desire. Everybody say desire. Desire can be used as a verb or a noun, and it means as a verb to long or to hope for, to wish for. As a noun, it's a conscious impulse towards something, a longing, a craving, an appetite, or an urge. Synonyms of the word desire is to crave, even to covet, to yearn, to hunger for, to lust after, to thirst for. The noun of it would be to have an appetite or a drive. When Jesus said seek, he said have a desire, and then he gives it 
kind of some guidelines. He said, seek ye first. The word first simply means in the first place. It means before everything else. So he's saying, this is how I want you to be. I want your desires first and foremost not to be about a tomahawk ribeye from a wagyu cow. If y'all were giving me $450, I'd eat that. That's what it cost. If you go to Cane Prime Steakhouse up in Nashville, you can get the tomahawk ribeye. Lori's looking at me like, what's a tomahawk ribeye? Todd will explain it to you. Yeah, the tomahawk ribeye is that piece of meat that's so perfect, but it's got a handle on it. I mean, you can eat it like a carnivore. I have desires. Y'all have desires. We all have desires. I like shoes. I have as many shoes as my wife has. John, Jonathan Lindsay wants this pair of shoes I've got on. I, I like shoes. I like clothes. Some of you guys, some of us like motorcycles. You like vehicles. We like stuff. You know, we like stuff. He didn't tell us to not like stuff. He didn't tell us to quit eating. He didn't tell us you can't go to King Prime and eat a Wagyu steak. He didn't say that. But what he did says, what he did say is, all of these things, put the kingdom first. In all of your desires, are y'all with me? In all of your desires, whether it's to get married or get out of marriage, all of your desires, where it's to have kids or get rid of them. All of your desires. I'm just saying that because of what I've been dealing with. Whoops. Out of all of your desires, seek first the kingdom of God. The kingdom is the royalty, the rule, the reign, the realm of God, the Lord, the supreme deity. So he says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. His righteousness simply means his way of doing things. In other words, our desire first and foremost should be the rule and the desire of the kingdom of God and in conjunction with that, his way of doing things. So pray the kingdom, seek the kingdom. And then the third thing he said is live the kingdom. Jesus summed up his sermon there with Matthew chapter 7, verse 21, before he talked about the one that builds his house on the rock and on the sand. He said this in Matthew 7, 21, not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many will say unto me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name, and in thy name have cast out devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works? And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. What was the purpose of that? He said, it's not everyone that sits in church that says Jesus, but it's the one that does the will of my Father. It doesn't matter if you attend. 
What matters is, are you seeking his kingdom and his will? We start the Lord's Prayer with that, hallowed be thy name, or honor. We want to bring honor to the Lord. And true honor to God is to want what he wants. True honor to God is to live his word. True honor to God is to seek what he desires. The kingdom, pray it, seek it, live it. The second point, and I'm going to do this one in about two minutes because I want to finish up. The second point is his church. It's his church. Everybody say it's his church. So the church is his, the church is a body, and the church has members. And the church, that's his church, will be victorious. Because in Matthew 16, 18, Jesus said, I call you, I say unto you that you're Peter. And upon this rock, the rock is that profession of faith, the truth of who Jesus is. Upon this rock, I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. The body, it's a body, and because Paul tells us that in 1 Corinthians 12, 27, now ye are the body of Christ and members in particular. It's a body. Same, same, same verse says we're, there's members. So it's his, it's his church, it's a body, it has members. Now you're the body of Christ and members in particular. I know to y'all it's a fundamental, even elementary teaching, but Paul was praying in Ephesians chapter 1. I'm not going to read the whole passage, but if you want to go look at these notes, it's all there. Paul was praying in Ephesians chapter 1 that there would be some understanding that we as believers would have when it came to what the Lord had done in placing us in his body and giving authority to his body. And his goal is to fill the world with his body, the church of the living God. The church is Christ's body. And the church, is the, it comprises the fullness of Christ in this world. Is what Paul said. Today, Christ fills the church, but the goal is that Christ fill the world. The church is the target of Satan. And the church is this last bastion of unity in our world today. Are y'all familiar with the fact that around you there is nothing but divisiveness? But the church still embodies unity. And Satan wants to do what he can to destroy that because he's out to steal, kill, and destroy. And he does that through causing division. But here's what's going to happen. When the physical part of the church, that's these bodies sitting on the chairs tonight, when the physical part of the church is in agreement with the power of the church and under the authority of the head of the church, when we're filled with the Holy Ghost and when we are under the authority of the head who is Jesus Christ, then nothing is going to stop what God wants to do. Nothing's going to stop the church. And this cooperation of man with God is going to see miraculous things happen. That's why Paul would write in Ephesians 3 that he is able to do exceeding abundantly above all we can ask or think according to the power that worketh in us unto him be glory in the church. And the third thing, this is it, y'all. Y'all ought to smile at me when I say this is it. The third thing is the connection. There's the kingdom, 
There's those three parts of the kingdom. Let's pray it. Let's seek it. Let's live it. There is the church. It's his church. It's a body. It's made up of members. God's working through the church. The connection of the kingdom and the church is this. Jesus introduced the church. He did that in Matthew 16. Jesus came preaching the kingdom. The apostles struggled to understand this. Because even after him teaching them and them being in the best seminary on earth for three years, three plus years, they still struggled with the, they, 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 they were confused about what the kingdom was because they thought they could see it. And so in Acts chapter 1, they're still struggling, even up until the time that Jesus is getting ready to leave earth. In Acts 1, Luke writes, The former treaties have I made, O Theopolis, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach until the day in which he was taken up. After that, he through the Holy Ghost had given commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen to whom he showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs, being seen of them forty days, and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. This whole time, even after he was resurrected, he's talking about the kingdom. And being assembled together with them, he commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, You have heard of me, for John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. It's going to be the kingdom, the Holy Ghost. It's going to usher in that spiritual authority. And when they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? They still had this mindset that there's going to be a physical, tangible rule from the nation of Israel, and he was coming to set that up. And he said unto them, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father hath put in his own power, but ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. As we go forth as his witnesses, the kingdom advances. The church's role is to advance the kingdom. And I'm tying this together, so I want y'all to listen real close. I don't want you to miss anything. The church's role is to advance the kingdom. The church's role is to conduct the business of the kingdom. And until he returns and sets up a literal kingdom, we will remain focused on the spiritual advancement of the kingdom. He said, pray the kingdom, seek the kingdom, live the kingdom. He didn't tell us to build the church. Don't misunderstand me. He looked at Peter when he introduced the church, and he said, I will build my church. And then one of the, is the next to the, or the last verse, actually, of Acts chapter 2, closes with the word saying, the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. The Lord added to the church. So Jesus said, I'll build my church. And Acts 2 concludes with the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. He told us to pray the kingdom, seek the kingdom, live the kingdom. And then he told us, I'll build the church. So we don't seek, are y'all with me? 
We don't seek to advance church membership. We seek his kingdom to come. And when his kingdom comes, church membership will, will begin to grow exponentially even. But if you and I as believers would begin seeking, praying, living, being the kingdom, I want you to know the church is going to fill up because we're going to be advancing the kingdom. Let me just tell you this, and I'm closing. Nathan, I wish you were up here, but you're way back over there. I can just finish this on my own tonight. I may just hum between verses. Yeah. We may be, I want you all to hear this, we may be in fellowship with the church but we're only placed in the body by the Spirit. Paul said that, for by one Spirit are we all baptized into one body. Whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, we have been all made to drink into one Spirit. We, we may be in fellowship with the church. We may be partaking of the church's event, and we may not be in the body of Christ. So let me ask you, has the Spirit of God filled your life and placed you in the body? Furthermore, we can be in the church and not be in Christ. Because the word tells us in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is what? A new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. If you were a heathen that left heathenhood and come in and sat on a church chair and said, I'm now part of First Pentecostal Church, if you're still the same old ding-dong you used to be, you're not a new creature in Christ Jesus. You may be in the church, but you're not in Christ. That wasn't for y'all. That's for those that are watching. No, it's for all of us. You see, we can be in the building without being in the church. We can be in the fellowship with the church without being in Christ. And we can be in the church and not in the kingdom. And that's what breaks my heart, and that's where I'm going to end it, because I know a lot of people that are in the church, but they're not under the rule of the king. And so don't be confused, all of y'all that are here, all y'all that are not here. Don't be confused with the fact that just because you're in the church means that you're where you ought to be with God. Because you're not where you want to be with God until the kingdom comes in your life. Until His reign and His rule is known in your life. Let's stand together. Paul writes in Galatians 3.26, he says, For ye are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. Pop, run up here and close it out because this is your favorite message. Come on up here. Come up here on the front. Paul says, For we are, ye are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither bond nor free. There is neither male nor female, for ye are all one in Christ Jesus. And if ye are 
If you be Christ, then are you Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Everybody say, thy kingdom come. Everybody say, thank you, Lord. Are you thankful to be in the church? And are you thankful to be in the kingdom? Hallelujah. I think I, think I understand tonight.